Today is the feast of St. Gertrude the Virgin, a lesser-known saint of the 13th century. And I wanted to share with you uh, a writing that is from her book of Revelations. Um, as I, It struck me newly as I read this during my prayers this morning. This is from St. Gertrude. May my soul bless you, O Lord God, my Creator. May my soul bless you. From the very core of my being, may all your merciful gifts sing your praise. Your generous care for your daughter has been rich in mercy. Indeed, it has been immeasurable. And as far as I am able, I give you thanks. I praise and glorify your great patience which bore with me, even though from my infancy and childhood, adolescence and early womanhood, until I was nearly 26, I was always so blindly irresponsible. Looking back, I see that but for your protecting hand, I would have been quite without conscience in thought, word, or deed. But you came to my aid by giving me a natural dislike of evil and a natural delight in what is good and provided me with necessary correction from those among whom I lived. Otherwise, I should now have to admit to doing my own will whenever the opportunity offered itself, living like some pagan in a pagan society and never understanding that you, my God, reward good deeds while punishing evil. Yet you had chosen me to be specially trained to serve you. I was a child of five when I began to live in a convent surrounded by your most devoted friends. To make amends for the way I previously lived, I offer you, most loving Father, all the sufferings of your beloved Son. From that first infant cry as he lay on the hay in the manger until that final moment when, bowing his head with a mighty voice, Christ gave up his spirit. I think, as I make this offering, of all that he underwent, his needs as a baby, his dependence as a young child, the hardships of youth and the child's trials of early manhood. To atone for all my neglect, I offer, most loving Father, all that your only begotten Son did during his life, whether in thought, word, or deed. That sacred life was, I know, utterly perfect in all respects from the moment he descended from your heavenly throne and came into this world, and finally he presented the glory of his victorious human nature to you, his Father, and now, as an act of thanksgiving, I praise and worship you, Father, in deepest humility for your most loving kindness and mercy. Though I was hurrying to my eternal loss, your thoughts of me were thoughts of peace and not of affliction, and you lifted me up with so many great favors. To these you added the inestimable gift of your intimate friendship and in various ways allowed me to possess your son's own heart 
that most noble ark of God united with the Godhead. You refused me no delight that could be mine. Finally, you drew me to yourself by your faithful promises of the good things you would give me from the hour of my death. So great are these promises that for their sake alone, even if you had given me nothing besides, my heart would sigh for you always and be filled with a lively hope. There are so many aspects of what St. Gertrude has written here that just jump out as the mystery of God's presence with us and God's grace in our midst. She reflects on her own life. I was so blindly irresponsible. How many of us have been blindly irresponsible? But then she goes on and she says to make amends for my own blind irresponsibility. I offer you, most loving Father, all the sufferings of your beloved Son. I make this offering of all that he underwent. And I, as I think about that, that what we have to offer is only what God has already given. As we read in the Chronicles, as we say, Every time we receive the gifts at Holy Communion, all things come of Thee, O Lord, and of Thine own have we given Thee. We recognize that to account for who we are, we cannot even offer ourselves, but God has given Himself in Christ that we might offer Christ as our offering. And in offering Christ, as Gertrude goes on to reflect, it is then that we become the living sacrifice that Christ himself is for us. And then she goes on to reflect that when we inhabit this life of grace, this, this way of self-offering, she says that to these you added the inestimable gift of your intimate friendship. What does it mean to be friends with God? St. Thomas Aquinas said that to become friends with God is the end of humankind. That is our purpose. That is what we were created for. And it is God's gift to us in Christ, restoring our creation that opens us to the intimacy of friendship with God. And in various ways, writes Gertrude, allowed me to possess your son's own heart. And that, I think, is what real friendship with God is when we possess the heart of Jesus so that the love that Jesus has for us, the love that Jesus has for this world becomes our very love and desire, indeed, our very heart.
so that we might love the world with the love of God in Christ, so that we might love one another with a love that exceeds what we can imagine as human love, transcending all the boundaries and barriers that we often create or that often get in our way of loving each other. These do not exist with God. These do not exist in the heart of Christ. And we possess that heart. All we have to do is to embrace that offering that God and Christ has given us to offer. And as we do, we become love. Amen.